Hi besties, I hope everybody's doing okay. Before we get into this, do me a favour and go onto Spotify or Apple or YouTube, whatever, wherever you stream your music and um, go and listen to Where Does The Good Go by Sarah and Tegan and just dance. If you've watched Grey's Anatomy, you know that's the key song to dance it out, but if you haven't, that's fine. No judgment here. Actually, some slight judgment, but that's okay. Just dance. It will make you feel so much better. I feel like we really don't appreciate how incredible dancing is. Like, I'm not saying go and do a pirouette, rond de jambe, whatever, across your room. But, and no one come for my fucking ballet terminology, okay? I don't want to hear anything. I haven't done ballet in years. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, just dance. Because it just, it gets you going. It makes you feel good. Sometimes you just have to dance in your room, you know, you just have to do it. That's how you start the day. That's how I started my day anyway. And it woke me up more than the matcha latte and the black coffee that I had. So there we go, really. But something I've been thinking about this week is like dreams. And not dreams as in like when you go to bed. Dreams as in like aspirations and stuff like that. And I think about this because I was like... Does going to university lead me to the dream that I want? No, it doesn't. It could, but it doesn't. It's not necessarily the step before the dream, you know? And so I kind of started sobbing to my mom the other day. And I was like, I fucking hate uni. Like, I just hate it. And I'm sorry if that's not what you want to hear, but I'm just not having a good time. And she was like, you don't need your degree, Mary. And oh my God, I, my life changed. My life actually changed. I was like, whoa, whoa, the game has been changed because, pardon me, like, what? And she was like, it's not worth jeopardizing your mental health and your happiness for a degree. And then she was very motherly and she was like, you got your GCSEs, you got your A-levels, you got fantastic grades. That's okay. Like, that's all you need. She was like, in this house, all you need to do is get through like compulsory school. So up until the age of 18. And then she's like, then you can do what you want. And she was like, you're not going to be homeless if you don't go to uni and you don't get a job if you drop out. Like you have us, you have our house. And I know that I'm very fortunate in that regard because I know that a lot of people go to uni because they don't have somewhere to stay. Um, But she was saying this and I was like, even if I don't drop out of university, I now know that this degree doesn't define me and it doesn't define me in the eyes of my parents. And I think for a long time, I was very much like, oh my God, I have to do all these big things and hit all these milestones for everybody else to be proud of me. And now I'm kind of like, well, why am I not proud of me? Like, why can't I do things that I would be like, wow, Mary, that was fucking cool. And then I got to thinking, and I was like, okay, so as a general statement, people do things to please other people. And they do that knowing that those other people are going to speak about them. So they want to be spoken about spoken about in a good light, right? And when you're being spoken about, and when people are saying, oh, Mary went to uni, and Mary did this, and Mary did that, whatever, you're not in the room. 
you're never going to be in the room when those conversations are being had. And sometimes they'll even happen when you're dead. They'll be like, oh yeah, she did this, she did that, blah, blah, blah. But there's this like formula that we think we have to follow. And it has to be like, at least in the, the bubble that I've been surrounded by my whole life and like grown up in, it's very much been get amazing GCSE grades, get amazing A-level grades, go to a really good university, get a job. Like, no one factors fun into that. And I know some people are like, life isn't about having fun. But to me, life is about having fun. And I would rather people couldn't say any of those academic achievements about me, but they can be like, you know what? She really fucking lived. Like, she really lived her life. And we have to give her credit for that. But even if nobody says that, even if everyone's like, she was a fucking failure, I know I wasn't. Because failing is subjective. It's based on your beliefs. It's not, it's, there isn't a universal understanding of failure. It's based on what you want to achieve. And if my one goal in life is to be happy, like nothing else, like I have less, hypothetically speaking, let's say I have no other goals in life apart from to be happy and I die happy, I didn't fail. I don't care if I didn't get a job. I don't care if I didn't go to university. If my one goal in life was to be happy, then I succeeded. And if anybody else calls me a failure, that's not true. That is not your place to define whether or not I succeeded in my own life that I get to write. And it's kind of um, insane when you think about it that we subscribe to these norms and these these molds of our life because we think that everybody else wants us to live a certain way. And I very much like thought, and my parents are very traditional. Um, I was like, oh, well, they they want me to go to uni, they want me to get a job. And I was kind of saying to my mom the other day, I was like, I don't know, like it's kind of cool now that like I'm being paid to be me on the internet. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, so why are you so worried about university? And my brain blanked out. I was like, what? What did you just say? Like, run that by me one more time. I think I misheard. And she was like, Mary, you know that you're, like, gonna be okay. And this is something that, like, thank God my mom has always said to me because I'm such an anxious person. But she's always said to me, like, everything's gonna be okay. It's always okay. And I think, what's that quote? Is it from Winnie the Pooh? I don't know. (laughs) Where some, I think it's like, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, then it's not the end. Like, as much as I've seen that quote fucking everywhere since I was about 10 years old, um, it's so true. Everything will always be okay. Even when it seems like it won't be. Like, the best example I can think, or probably the most recent example I can think of, is when I applied to university. Um, so I used to doubt myself a lot. And so when I applied for university, I just assumed I wouldn't get in. I know, it's honestly, if I could beat up 17-year-old me, I would. But I'm not her anymore, guys, so don't worry. But at the time, I was like, I'm not going to get in. So I didn't apply for accommodation. I didn't apply for anywhere to live. And... I got in and I didn't have anywhere to live and I wasn't going to uni in my house. (laughs) And so I spent the whole summer stressing and I was like, 
mom like I cannot live with strangers like I'm not moving into a house with six people I've never met before um and I was like I also don't want to live in a house in my first year and I was like right if I don't get accommodation like I'm not going to uni or I'll commute but like I'm not living in a house and my mom was like Mary it's gonna be fine and I was like why are you so calm what's going on here mother explain and she was like it's gonna be fine like if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like, it will work out. And it was literally, at this point, it was like three days before moving in day. And I still didn't have any accommodation. I still didn't have anywhere to live. And then I'm, um, I'm trying to think where I was. That doesn't matter, actually. But I was out with my mom. And I got an email saying that, like, a room had just opened up. And I was next on the list to have it. And so the room was mine if I wanted it. And that was my accommodation room. And I remember, like, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, how? I was so convinced that I was just, like, going to cry for the whole year because I didn't have anywhere to live. My mum was like, no. Like, it's going to be fine. It's always fine. And I was like, damn, she's right. And actually, I said that was the most recent example. But another one was when... um, when I went to New York last year, this whole big thing happened um, where basically the hotel that we were meant to be staying at, like it, something happened that meant that we couldn't stay there anymore, but we only found out like an hour before I was meant to get on my flight. And me and all my friends, me and all my friends, <laughs> me and my friend <laughs> were on different flights. So... Like, I would be in the air while she was in London, and then she would be in the air whilst I was in New York. And this whole time, we didn't have a hotel, right? And my dad was like, Mary, what the fuck? Because we had had a hotel this whole time, but, it like, the day of the flight, we didn't. And um, I, like, called my mom, and I was with my dad at the airport. And they were both like, Mary, like, get on the flight. Like, it's going to be okay. Ring us when you land but we'll figure it out. And then literally me and my friend were panicking. We were like, so we're sleeping in JFK for two weeks, huh? Okay, cool. And then like I got off the flight and it had all worked out. Like it was fine. And it would have worked out even if it didn't work out the way it did. Like something would have happened. We would have been fine. And I think people can say that I'm naive for now thinking this way and being like, everything's going to be fine because I do still panic. Like I get really bad anxiety about things and not just like a tiny bit of fear. I mean like hyperventilating, heart racing, sweating, anxiety. Like I get really, really anxious about things not being okay. But in the moments when I do remember everything's going to be fine, I really like it. I really remember because I'm like every single moment of my life has been riddled with doubt whether I was going to get into my secondary school my sixth form my university whether I was going to win a dance competition or not whether I was going to make a fitness class or not you know like all these events that have taken place in my life big or small have all been surrounded by me questioning whether or not it was going to be okay and it was every single time and even the times where in the moment I didn't think it was okay I learned something from it and that's okay you know it's like everything in life is a lesson everything 
even the things that you don't think are meant to teach you lessons, teach you lessons subconsciously. And I think even further than that, everything in life is an experience. Life isn't just one thing. You don't just like have a life, you know? We're made up of a bunch of different small experiences and you have to romanticize everything in your life every aspect of life, the things that you love to do, the scars on your face or your body that you don't know how they got there, but they're there, you know, like you have to love and appreciate every small thing because that's what you remember your life to be. No one gives a fuck what anybody else remembers your life to be, but that's what you're going to remember. And I don't want to look back at my life and be like, God, I spent so many years hating the cellulite on my legs. Because why? Like there's so much more to life than picking out your flaws. And I'm guilty of it. I'm not preaching and saying that I don't do it because I do. And God, my parents are sick of it. They hate how much I pick out my flaws. But I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to stop that. And everything that you try and do in life seemed impossible at one point. Like, I remember when I was applying for uni and I was like, oh my God, I'm finally here. Like, this is the moment that I felt my whole academic life had led up to. And I'd always told people I was going to do a law degree and I was like, fuck, like, I'm on the UCAS page. It was like I was part of some private members club. I was like, oh my God, I, I'm here, I'm applying. And I applied to the five universities that I wanted to go to and I put down like, all these things that I'd done in my life, I guess, that would make me a good student there. And I remember thinking, like, this felt so impossible. There were so many times where I didn't think that I would get to that point. And even though now I'm like, oh, fuck, I hate law, I still proved to myself that I can do it. I proved to myself that I could do whatever I put my mind to. And so now that I think, my dreams in life are getting bigger than what they once were and they're changing from like the normal perception of what one's dreams should be I don't feel like they're unachievable anymore I think there is a point in my life where I was like mm, there's no way I could have done that or oh my parents won't want that from me and then I'm like I think my parents want me to be as happy just as much as I want me to be happy I and I guess I'm very lucky for that but I don't know, I just think that why water yourself down to become this person who ticked all the boxes for everybody else but didn't tick the boxes for their own life? Because so-and-so graduated from Oxford. So, like, even saying that out loud, I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. Would you want a fucking round of applause? It's all about perception. We all have different ideas of what success is. And there isn't just one thing, like there isn't one person that's successful. Because in my opinion, like someone like Jeff Bezos, for example, a lot of people would probably say he's successful and they would determine that based on how much money he has. Whereas I would just say he's rich. I don't think he's successful. I think he's rich because I don't think he's a good human being. So I don't think he's successful, but some people do. And so that's exactly what I mean. Like there are different perceptions of success. It isn't one thing. It's very subjective and it's very personal. 
like he might not even think he's successful. I mean, he probably does, but you never know. And so why bother thinking about what anyone else thinks when everybody has a different understanding about success? And like success and dreams and stuff, they're all based on your personal experiences. Like we don't all live the same life. So how can we all have the same dreams? Boom, mic drop. Anyways, so with that is this idea of like success equating to happiness. And like once you get this, you'll be happy. And once you achieve this, you'll reach happiness. And I just think that's such bullshit. I'm just going to say, I don't think that's true. Because I used to think, and I don't know if anyone else thought this way or if I'm just weird, but I always used to think, like, when I hit 20, I couldn't be sad anymore. Like, I don't know why. I just thought, like, I'm an adult. I can't be sad. <laughs> and I think some of it comes with the fact that, like, when you're sad as a teenager, people are always like, oh, she's a teenager. It's just hormones. It's just a phase. And um, it's not a phase, mom. It wasn't my mom that said that, but, you know. Anyways, yeah, I was always like, you just can't be sad in your 20s. Like, you're an adult. You just grow up. As if, like, sadness is just disappears when you lose your teenage years but that's not true I'm 22 and I still get sad and cool things have happened you know I I think I think one of the big reasons why I thought that you wouldn't be sad in your 20s is because I knew that you weren't in secondary school anymore or high school for Americans and I really despised my secondary school it was ugh, I fucking hate that place um but I just like had a lot of bad experiences there. And so I was like, well, okay, when I leave, I'll be happy. And when I left, I was happier than I was when I was there. And I remember I came back to visit to get like a folder or something I'd left behind. And all of my teachers were like, oh my God, Mary, like I've never seen you smile before. And I was like, oh my God, bitch, I wonder why. Anyways, um, <laughs> Yeah, and so I was happy when I left, and I went to a really good sixth form, and I loved it there, but I still got sad, and I think when I got sad after I left, I was really confused, because I was like, wait, I'm not in the sad place anymore, like, I'm not in the place that I thought was making me sad, and then you start to realise, oh, you gotta do some, some inside work here, and so, you know, people say a lot, to be fair, but you can't run away from your problems. And so if you think that achieving a goal or a dream will just automatically make you happier, or happy period, not happier, just just happy, um, that's not going to happen. Like, I don't want to be the person that has to carry that bad news to you, but that's not going to happen because you have to do the inside work too. And it's like, I, when I went to uni, if anything, I got so sad and it wasn't, it wasn't a bad sad. Like, I think this is also something that isn't really spoken about when people discuss, like, happy and sad and emotions and stuff. Because, like, you don't always have to be experiencing something extremely negative to be sad. Like, when I went to uni, I was sad because I was alone for the first time. And it wasn't, it, like, even saying the word sadness is carrying a weight that I don't mean it to carry. But it wasn't, like sad as in like oh my god my life is horrible it was sad as in like oh my god I've been taken out of what I know and so even though 
going to uni was, I guess, a goal of mine and I had achieved it, my problems and my emotions didn't just suddenly disappear. And it's, I think, easy to think that success comes with happiness, like the two come hand in hand, but they, like, they don't. So sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Anyways, so like I was saying about life being all these small experiences, I also think that when you're romanticizing those experiences, you really have to like tell yourself to live in them. Because I think one of life's worst realizations is when you realize that you were treating a good moment as a transitionary moment. And I know I've touched on this before about how like stop living for the future, but like stop living as if everything's a transition too. You know, like stop treating moments of time as if they're just passing by for you to get somewhere else because every single flipping moment in your life makes you who you are and all I can do is encourage you to grab those moments with both hands and grab those lessons with both hands and take it and be so abundantly aware that it's shaping you as a person because I think the more that you like become aligned with yourself and the more you romanticize the fuck out of your life, the more you can see your dreams. And what I mean by that is that like I I know you can have a dream, but it can be a vague dream. Or it could be like I want to work as insert profession, but there's no like specifics to it. And I feel like the more that you get to know yourself and the more you learn from yourself and the experiences that you've had, the more you can be like, this is the specific life that I want for myself. And this is the specific goal I have. And the more specific you are, I feel like the easier it is to manifest and get. And it's like, okay, when you were in school, like primary or secondary school, whatever, it's so easy to be like in the process of becoming an adult. Like that's exactly what you were doing. And you cannot tell a five-year-old live in the moment because they have no fucking clue what you're talking about. But everything you learned in school back then literally like directly contributes to everything you know now. Like it's the foundation of everything you can perceive and understand, right? Like even simple addition is taught to you in primary school. So you can then go to secondary school and do like Pythagoras' theorem. Like it's just the foundation of your being. And now you've done that. Now you've become a human being. Now you've become an adult. It's time to start paying attention. It's time to start paying attention to what you are, what you want and who you want to be. And the more that you ignore that, the more you just kind of think, oh, well, I'm not where I want to be yet, so I'm not going to pay attention. The more you miss the moments that make you who you are. Like, there's something really beautiful about looking back at a moment and being like, that directly correlates with this specific part of my personality. Take note, be aware, live in that present moment, because... The more that you become aware of the moments in your life, the more that you can like understand yourself. And I think that's honestly one of like life's hardest lessons, but something that you should do and something they don't teach you to do in school. Like no one teaches you to understand yourself. What the fuck is up with that? Like why were you teaching me that 
writers say that rooms are blue for like this dramatic effect in the text. Like, huh? I don't care. Honestly, like, why doesn't school teach you good things? I mean, like, I like school lessons, but honestly, what was going on? Like, <laughs> like I loved English lit and I loved history and religious studies. I only like religious studies because of my teacher. But, like, they were fun. But, like, why did nobody teach me how to pay taxes or how to love myself? Huh? You know, the two struggles in life. Like, I had to fill out a tax form the other day. And I was like, I don't understand. I honestly don't understand. Like, I, <laughs> I was so upset because I was like... I have no idea. I was like, I'm a baby. I have no idea how to do this. I still haven't done it. So hopefully when I'm editing this, it's a reminder that I need to fucking fill out that tax form. Anyways, actually, I want to go back to what I was saying earlier, because I feel like I really didn't give that enough attention. When you live for other people, right? When you do all these things to please other people, what do you want from that? Like, genuinely just think about it. Like, what do you want from that? Because I think, at least for me, what I wanted was validation. I wanted someone to be like, I'm proud of you. I wanted someone to be like, what you're doing is really good, you know? And why? Why the fuck am I seeking for anybody else's validation? It genuinely puzzles me. Because no one else's opinion on my life matters. Even if I was doing something that is, like, perceived as bad by the masses, it's actually not anyone else's business. But you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the more people you give a platform in your life to dictate what you do, the less you get to do for yourself. And I was like, I remember when I like wanted to move back um, home from uni, so many people were like, don't do it. Sorry. Like, why? You have no understanding of why I wanted to move back home. And you're not me. And you don't know how much I hate living on a fucking farm in the middle of Sussex. So why are you now giving me your unsolicited opinion? Like, I know what's good for me. I know what I need to do. And it is what it is. And it's the exact same as, like, when I look back and I think, oh, my God, when I was 14, I wanted to be a YouTuber, and I didn't do it because I was so scared of what everybody else had to say. Why? I could be living my dreams in LA right now. I could be getting my green juice and going to Soul Cycle, And I was going to say going to the beach, but I don't like the beach, so probably not. But... You know what I mean? Like, that YouTuber, blogger lifestyle that we all see online, like, that could have been me. But I was shy. So, there we go. Fumbled the bag because of everybody else's opinions. And in the grand scheme of things, no one fucking cares. Oh, my God. I cannot even, like, stress this enough. Nobody cares. Like, okay. So, I, I know I mention this all the time, but, like, I have a TikTok, blah, blah, blah. And... I remember when I first started making TikToks, it was because I was fucking miserable. Like, we're in the f second lockdown. They had just announced the second lockdown. And 
I like made a TikTok about university and it blew up. And I was like, whoa, where are all these people coming from? And like, what the fuck is going on? And my first thought was, oh my God, people I know are going to see this. Because obviously that's how TikTok works. Like the algorithm, you're literally placed onto somebody's for you page. And I was like, oh my God, someone I know is going to see this. And then I remember, I went to the pub with my dad and someone came up to me and was like, oh my God, I saw you on TikTok. And then they turned to my dad and was like, oh my God, your daughter's famous. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to pass out. Like, I need to go home. And I was like, oh my God, don't say that. And she was like, why? Your TikToks are so funny. And I was like, oh, like, thank you. And then I started seeing like in my notifications, like people I know in real life or like people I went to school with liking my TikToks. And I was getting so embarrassed and people started sending them to me. And I was like, oh my God, no, this is so embarrassing. And then then the one that like changed my perception of everything was when I went to get my coffee in the place that I like love getting coffee from. And I had made a TikTok about that coffee shop. And when I went in, the staff were like, oh my God, a bunch of people have come in saying that they saw your TikTok and that they were trying your coffee order. And not many people get my coffee order. Like it's, I know one other person in this whole entire world who has the exact same coffee order as me. And like all the staff are like, these people have come in and they, they said that they saw your TikTok and they were showing us. And I was like, that's so fucking cool. Like that is so cool. And suddenly I didn't care what anybody who knew me had to think. And I was like, it's so cool. And I don't know why it took me that like experience to be like, I don't care if anyone sees my TikToks. Like, yes, I'm not yelling my TikTok from the rooftops. I'm not putting it on my Instagram. I don't put it on my podcast. Like I leave it to TikTok. But good things can come out of things that you have a passion for. And I initially didn't make a TikTok because I had a passion for it, okay? Like, I just saw it as a platform to express my anger and it turned into something really cool and it's given me a bunch of opportunities that I wouldn't have had before and let that be the motivation for you to bite the bullet and do what you want to do but you've maybe been embarrassed or ashamed to do because I wish that I knew or I at least wish that I prioritized knowing that good things can come out of passion even though it sounds so obvious, like I'm saying it now, I'm like, duh, but there are so many things that I was like, I can't do it because I'm embarrassed. I'm shy. I'm, I'm more concerned about what other people are going to think. And now, oh, no way. I, I honestly don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care. I can't care. I don't have the capacity to care about what other people think because I'm the main character. Like I say this every single fucking podcast, but I am the main character. This is my life. I get to write it. I get to define it. I get to decide when each chapter ends. And my main character era is forever. Okay. And I'm going to keep living that way. And I'm very sad that I didn't live that way before, but we live and we learn. We live and we learn besties. And we're at the living and learning bit right now. That was so aggressive. God, I'm literally out of breath. But yeah, I mean, I do actually have a shit ton of stuff to do today. Um, and I have been like back 
on Zoom classes and stuff. So I'm literally always recording my podcast the day before now. And I think I said in my January podcast, I'm going to be on top of it this year, but my timetable is so fucked up. So I'm filming it the day before and I have to film something, like actually film something. I know I just called this filming and it's recording, but I have to actually film something really cool today. And I was saying to my dad, actually, I was like, it's so annoying because when I was younger and I would like watch YouTubers and they'd be like, I'm working on a secret project. I used to like, want to punch the screen and be like, tell me what the project is. And now that's me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like you guys are literally my besties. Like, I come on here and I am more open with this podcast than I am with anyone in my life. And so I just want to say that there are, like, since this podcast started, so, what, September, um, Life has been a real roller coaster. And I, I like universally a roller coaster in terms of like the pandemic and how much life has shifted. But also, like, personally, I think this has been a real transformative period for me. And I'm glad I got to share it with you guys. And I'm really grateful that people appreciate my authenticity on here because that's all I really want to do. I mean, I said in my like first ever podcast or like introduction trailer clip whatever that thing was that my one goal from all of this is to let people know that life gets fucking weird and we're not alone like it's weird for all of us and the way that life has kind of changed for me in the month since I made this podcast I feel like kind of aligned perfectly because I can take you guys along with me and hopefully all the new experiences and struggles and challenges and joys that I face in this, you know, weird world we're living in now can also help you guys. So yeah, I'll leave it at that. This is kind of a wish-washy podcast. I really recorded it about seven times and I'm very mad that I had to record it about seven times, but I think this is going to be the final cut. So it is what it is, but look after yourselves, wear a mask. This will end soon and it will be okay. But as for right now, just stay safe and believe in your fucking dreams, besties. Believe in your dreams.